0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend queer films, books, TV shows, and more. I'm Tara Scott, and I review sapphic fiction at The Lesbian Review and Smart Bitches Trashy Books.
1: And I'm Chris Bryant. I'm a contemporary romance writer for Bold Strokes Books. So I've talked a lot about how
0: much I love we're here on the show, and especially over the last couple of episodes, I've been talking about how I think it's one of the most important shows on TV right now. So you can imagine how thrilled I am right now that we're joined by Shangela's drag daughter from season two, episode six, Amy Rambo, and Amy's son Alex. Welcome to you both. Hi. Hello, Hi.
2: hello. We're excited
0: to be here too. Yeah. So, Amy, I was wondering if you could start, because I think a lot of people are a bit fascinated by reality TV and how people even go about getting involved in shows. So how did you get cast on the show? show? So
3: it's kind of a funny story on how it all started. (laughs) So, you know, it's like a regular process where people apply to be on the show. Well, somebody from not our community, but not far from here, uh, about an hour from here had applied to be on the show from Webster, South Dakota. Well, when they applied, then the show starts looking for groups and communities that are close to them because they're looking for three people. And so they started reaching out and they found our group and one of the casting people came into our group um, and started sending you get a, a Facebook message. And it's one of those that you're like, yeah, whatever. You're full of baloney. You're full of shit, okay? You're not really yeah. casting a show for HBO. And so then you start talking to them and it's a casting process. So I never actually applied to be on the show. They found me, which is super cool. And then once they found me and you start to talk to them and they say, okay, this is a city that has some stories that we might be interested in coming in. Who else do you know? So you start, you know, you you ask the person permission, if you can give them their name and phone number, their information, Mm -hmm. and you start throwing names out there. And there's this person that has a story and this person that has a story. Like I, there's so many people that... I just started throwing names out there and and information for them. And then, you know, you talk about your city and, and why you think they should come here. And once they decide, okay, yeah, we think you have a good story, then you go up the chain for casting. You know, it's just it's a really interesting experience. It was a great experience because it was like, okay, once we found out for sure this was a real thing, they were really looking to cast a show here in our area. And we threw those names out there. Then the original person that had applied to be the sh- on the show had moved, and so then the focus became Watertown and getting people just from here. And that's when it just it went wild. Like I said, I started giving more and more names, and then the casting reaches out to them to find out their stories, and then they narrow it down on who they think would be a good fit for the show. And then I think with COVID, normally you know the process is pretty quick, but it slowed things down and it was like a year and a half process from first contact to actual filming. So it was a lot of time of just, you know, you would talk to these casting directors who normally come to your location. But again, with COVID it was all done via zoom and they record things and they share your stories. And then all of a sudden they say, Oh yeah, we're coming there. And you're like, Oh shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I got to clean up. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> so, good. so you actually knew everybody ahead of time, everybody in the I- show.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. I do. Cool. Yep. Which is really super cool. So actually justice and Jaden, the twins I'm related to. Oh,
2: so oh no way. Cool. Yep, cool. yep.
3: So like their grandma and my mom are like cousins kind of thing, you know, it's, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I, I've, I've known them. I've known them for a very, very long time, you know, pretty much our whole lives. And then Eric, I've known him for a very long time too. And so it was really, really neat that we all knew each other beforehand and you know had that relationship before we even filmed so that was really neat
1: maybe that made that helped make the episode gel so well
2: Mm -hmm. yes
3: you know if you watch the episode we're all sitting at the bowling alley Mm -hmm. we had bowled before that and it was so fun I will say I beat everyone
2: okay
3: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yeah I I wasn't there it was a blast but yeah when we sat down and And there's so much real conversation and, you know, they have to cut it down editing wise. There's so much real conversation that's happening. And when you're comfortable with each other, like we were, it was very easy and nothing was ever felt like a forced conversation. It just happened.
2: Mm -hmm. So So this
0: next question is for both of you, because Alex, you were also on the show, not being put in drag, but still like in kind of the orbit of everything that's happening. So What was it like for first Amy, you, and then Alex, like, what was it for you? Was it like for you during that actual week that they were in town and filming and getting ready for the show? It's such an absolutely
3: overwhelmingly loving Mm. place to be. You know, it's a safe space with the people that you're with. It's fast paced, you know, one minute you're going to get a fitting and the next minute you're dance rehearsal and the next minute you're. (laughs) filming somewhere and so it's pretty fast paced and yet you're just like this environment's amazing it's so wonderful it's overwhelming in the sense of I'm not used to being the one who has like the attention on me I actually got to the point where like you know they're coming do you need a snack do you need a water do you need this and I was like I this is weird to me I'm not used to that but it was amazing at the same time it was it was such a phenomenal experience
2: absolutely Mm -hmm.
4: phenomenal yeah it it was crazy to me just to think if you ask me now as 18 year old me looking back at little 16 year old me I never thought that something like this would have happened it it was an amazing experience it definitely wasn't the classic once the cameras are off they don't care about you type of Mm -hmm. stuff every everything whether it was on camera or off camera you were taken care of and it was the best experience of probably my entire life. Cause I made a I made a just a joking comment about, oh, I've never had Fiji water. Cause I heard that's what all the movie stars have. <laughs> the next day someone from the crew brought me a six pack of Fiji Aww. water. <laughs>
1: Amazing. Yeah. <laughs>
2: that's
4: and so I it, I thought it was funny, but it definitely felt everything felt like natural, like you could talk to anybody. And that wasn't just like oh, you can only talk to Shangela when the cameras are on or whatever. No, No, it wasn't like that at all. It was amazing. And just going to work during the whole process was funny because I had so many of the cast and crew come in where I worked to get coffee. And they'd just be like, hi, Alex. And I'd be like, hi, guys. And the rest of my coworkers (laughs) just look at me like, how do you know these people? And I would just be like, they're cool people. And I'd give them their coffee and I'd say, see you later. And I would get questions about it the rest of the
1: day. <laughs> That's great. But so it, it, oh, did they mind. know, did your coworkers know that, that this was going on? That you were being filmed, sort of?
4: Uh, I kind of hinted at
1: it, but at the same time, this is just me normally.
4: I don't really talk about my personal life at while okay. I work, usually. So it was kind of a once they were like, Hey, what's going on? I kind of had to spill the beans or they didn't mm. poke at me
1: about right. it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what was it like seeing your mom on stage and then afterwards after you watched it? Cause I've seen, I've seen the episode three times now and I've cried <laughs> all three times. I'm yes. mean I'm a crier. I cry at yes. everything. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
4: And as like you can see in the episode, me bawling my yeah. eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. It, it was just this like, that's my mom type of <laughs> moment. And it was amazing. My mom has always been an amazing mom. That's her number one job. I feel like just being awesome in the way she is. Don't get full of yourself now.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> but it was just like the... Like we saw the design, but we didn't get to see anything else. And just that moment when you see the partitions just open, that's when the waterworks started. Just because mm-hmm. it's like, that's my mom. Right. Yeah. You see in the episode, you know, you see Alex, you
3: see my husband and my brother and they're all, you can tell very emotional. So when I'm up there performing, I could not look at them. I couldn't, no. I had to look past so yeah. them, <laughs> but I. you want to make eye t- contact with them. But I was like, I can't. I can't, if I do, I'm in trouble. I'm going to lose it. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the, and the young kid that was on stage at the beginning with me, I actually know him too. His name's Brett Reese and known him forever. So to have him up there, like this raw emotion and he's looking in my eyes and I'm like, cause I'm going to
4: cry, you know? It was right. such a
3: special moment to have that with Brett was was amazing too to get him on stage with me.
4: Well, when I was uh, told to come up on stage after the performance, I almost sent you over. You can see yeah. my knee yeah. buckle. <laughs> I almost tackled you like a football yeah, player with yeah, yeah. like big old heels, and I'm lucky I yes. go flying over.
1: <laughs> it was a beautiful dress. They did such an amazing job on that dress. You looked yeah. so yes. fierce. Oh, yeah, like
0: you looked so so fierce. It
3: was so good thank you the first time I tried it on it was plain black they oh. hand cut and stitched on that's every amazing. one of those little gems
1: mm-hmm. you know
3: the coolest part is is I have it it's I was gonna metal. ask did you
1: get to keep it yep, <laughs> yes that's I amazing do.
3: I did Good. everything they make you like because I don't have a butt or hip, so they make you the padding that goes <laughs> underneath and the did you get to keep and- that too yeah, wow. yeah, I have it all. So if I wear the dress again, I, it fits the same because I have everything that goes with it. So, yeah, I'm not helping you get into. All yeah, of that. that's a
0: lot. To get into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like you God learned firsthand. Sam Drag Queen says, "Holy shit, it takes a lot to look like that." That's what I was gonna say. I, I tro- feel like you you learned firsthand how hard it is getting into yeah. drag, like yeah, in- <laughs> getting into
3: jeans. I learned how to do the drag queen lean because you've got a corset on, so you can't set. There's, yes. If you've got, you know, there's, it's, it's a lean. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Like every episode of uh drag race is untucked where they're all just kind of like propped up against something. Yeah. <laughs> what it's was like, it like that you're,
3: you're held in and, you know, you've got, you know, your regular undergarments and mm-hmm. then you have like a me in garment and then you have like three pairs or four pairs of pantyhose and tights. And then oh my you've gosh. got the butt thing. And then you've got the corset all underneath that dress and it just you know it fits like a glove and you just I mean that was custom Mm -hmm. made I had sent them measurements ahead of time and then you know they tweak it when they get here and it was just like it fits just so beautifully. It's such a gorgeous dress and it weighs a ton. I can (laughs) confirm that thing. What um
0: what was it like watching yourself back on TV when it actually aired? You know you anticipate
3: it. You're like, how am I going to be portrayed? And the nice thing with we're here is they're never out to portray you in a way that you're not. Mm-hmm. They do such a beautiful job of really showing who you are. You know, it's not, you know, sometimes reality is let's show something trashy or out of context or whatever. And that's not how we're here is so when it come out, when the episode came out, you're just like, okay. And the very first time we watched it actually was at our viewing party. And I don't think I fully absorbed everything because we did a lot of, we were yelling and hooping and hollering for everyone as they came on the screen. And so I really think the second time I watched it, it kind of more sunk in and I was like, this is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was so well done on their part. You know, there's, I can, I know all the stuff they filmed and what didn't make it into the show and what did, but it was still just beautiful. It was like, that's, me i'm i'm on an hbo show
2: what how does
3: this happen <laughs> you know it's this year and a half two years of you know from start to finish that you're just like holy crap that that's me there that's i'm getting to tell my story and it was it was just
1: a, it was beautiful
2: mm-hmm.
1: Now, what was the reaction like from the town um, when it aired when the episode aired pretty quiet
3: i think we had more beforehand when we were when the filming was going on than afterwards the people that wanted to make noise at this point didn't care if they made noise does that make sense
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) they've already said their piece right yeah people made more
3: noise and i would say you know we've got a politician that for some reason seems to interject himself into this shit and has nothing to do with it but is like, Oh, well, listen to me. I want to say something about it. And we're all like, we don't give a shit what you have to say, because this has nothing to do with you other than you try to legislate horrible bills.
2: Mm-hmm. And you try to
3: hurt the kids of South Dakota, you know? Mm-hmm. So when it actually aired, you know, we had our viewing party and the really cool part is then you start to get messages from people that have seen the episode. I still get messages now and then from people that have seen the episode. So life goes a little crazy for a couple of days. But as far as our city, it was pretty, they were more concerned for filming than how the city was portrayed in the end is kind of
0: how I see it.
2: Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm.
0: Alex, when you were on the show, one of the things that you talked about was how lonely it sometimes was, especially at school as a trans person. So I was just wondering, did participating in the show help with that?
4: I want to say, I like, this Not really, because I do have my circle of friends where, like, 90%, 98% of us are queer. We have the one token straight friend. I feel like. (laughs) Uh (laughs) But (laughs) that's how it feels like, because it's just, like, honestly, a lot of things still felt normal. Not normal. But I felt like I did have a lot more power after it came out, because I'm just like, I was on TV. The rest of y'all are scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> I, love that. That. I love that. I love that. The thing is, is I, had a, I had a teacher of mine who came to the drag show with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, he came to, to our watch party and everything. And seeing that, and it felt like, okay, I do have somebody who cares.
2: Right.
4: He cared enough mm-hmm. to come out and see us and stuff like that and just like he was probably the teacher you least expect to come to the thing yeah Yeah. and it was just it was awesome and I found out from a friend of mine that he had his grandfather watch that episode with him who is extremely homophobic bible thumping everything and As soon as he said, hey, that's my friend on there, complete 180, I love you, everything, and, like, if you surround yourself with that type of people, then I don't see what's wrong type of stuff, and... Uh, he even brought his grandpa to Pride with him last year and everything. A complete 180 of this man who's probably what, in his late 80s?
3: <laughs> just proof that nobody can say it's well their age or their generation.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
4: You know, Pe- people are capable of change, just some don't. And I got probably the biggest hug from him after that, saying thank you. And I have gotten messages from people being like, wow and stuff like that and it's awesome knowing that the advocacy work that not just only me and you do but everybody in the queer community does to help show people we're not these monsters the media portrays us to be because that's definitely not true
2: Mm -hmm. and
4: it's just empowering Cause like, even though I still, I'm a senior in high school, it's, I still walk the halls with my head down, Mm. but it's, I still have that, like, Hey, I'm doing a great job knowing that keeps me going. And it's awesome.
1: Well, I know, I remember (laughs) Jaden said on the show, like being uncomfortable is the best way to learn. That was one of the things that stuck with me. Cause I'm like, that is a good sentence because I feel like, The people who are or who say that, oh, it's just my generation, it's just they don't like being uncomfortable. You know, when you're that Mm -hmm. old, you're set in your ways. And if if anybody tries to change your mind, you know, there's automatically the walls come up and no, no, no. Like my dad was kind of the same way until he found Mm -hmm. out, Okay, you're (laughs) <laughs> yeah so i mean it's it's hard, but it can be done, and I think that's true. I think people are just extremely uncomfortable with the unknown if they don't know something that they they automatically take a step back, and I feel like the more they know and that's it's been my my learning experience too over the years being queer and learning everything because I'm in the midwest i'm in I'm south of you i'm I'm in Kansas City, so I feel this so hard because it is hard to be queer in the midwest and just trying to change people's mind. And this, this shows you. So I went to, we have a chocolatier here in Kansas city called Christopher elbow. And uh, they have a show. Uh, I actually did a book and they, they let me like go to their warehouse and and show their factory and all this stuff. It was great experience. But my dad and I went this past, uh, right before Christmas, we went to get some chocolates for the family. And the queerest person I have ever seen in Kansas city Checked us out, like literally took our money and and did the. Ex- My dad nothing, nothing. My dad didn't say anything. He didn't re- react, respond. It was just like, oh okay, and you know he even tipped. So it was like amazing. Like like the more you know and the more people get educated about the queer community, the more comfortable they feel. And it's just like mm-hmm. we're just people. That's all we are. We're just people.
0: Yep.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Alex did it. I mean, did you find it helpful getting to interact with so many queer adults who are like just clearly thriving that came in working on this show? Like, did that influence
4: anything for you at all? Uh, Yes, in a couple of ways. It definitely made me feel like I was in more of my type of space because you didn't feel like the odd man out. Everybody was the black sheep there and yeah there's the rainbow yeah. sheep there, the rainbow yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. but just knowing I'm surrounded by my community it it felt safe and like it's very hard to feel safe especially in a town like this where people look at you the wrong way if like because I have I have purple hair and stuff like that it's it definitely felt like the safest I have ever been. Just knowing that if something bad happens, you have this six foot two gay man who's willing to pick my chubby ass up and take <laughs> me away if something <laughs> happens. Just that yeah. just that type of stuff. It it felt amazing. And I hope we, we can do something like this like that again, just because it was the best experience of my life.
2: <laughs> hmm what happens uh, after
1: graduation? I'm just curious. Like, are you sticking around and go to college? I have actually been accepted into college, and
4: I have to apply for some scholarships and everything. But I plan on furthering my education. But I don't see myself probably staying in South Dakota for okay. long, just because of the current legislator. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel safe. I I right. don't call South Dakota home. I just say I live here. And to me, South Dakota, not that great. Mm-hmm. Two out of ten wouldn't recommend.
3: <laughs> if anybody wants to help pay for a great queer child's education, please reach out to me.
4: Yes. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> Colleges are gonna yes. be very important. <laughs> Just saying, you know. Yeah. If I do if I do see further change, mm-hmm. I'd wanna stay home. I'd want I wanna live. Half a mile, or there's a new apartment building freaking outside of our neighborhood. I could message mom, say, "Hey, you want to go get coffee?". Mm -hmm. I'd love to do that, but if things don't change, I don't plan on staying here because I don't feel safe. It's definitely the legislative legislative fault for everything that's been happening. You can't blame the queer community for anything because we don't we didn't do anything. It's bigoted point of view that's driving everybody away and then they're wondering why does nobody live here well it's your fault (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's kind of a perfect
0: segue into what I wanted to ask you about next because I've been watching this show I think I started watching season one as season two was coming out and so I like caught up and I found there's a pretty dramatic shift in what we see in the first two seasons compared to what we see in the third season. Not that we didn't see, obviously we did see like homophobic attitudes and changing hearts and minds in the first couple of seasons. But season three has been doing a really phenomenal job of documenting and showing this really pronounced negative shift in attitudes towards drag queens and trans people. And overall LGBTQ people, which really is being largely driven by, let's just say, particular types of politicians and legislators. I
4: know who they are. Right. (laughs) So
0: is it the same shift that you're seeing in your region? Do you feel like it's kind of along the worse end? Did having the We're Here cast help temper any of that, even just in, in Watertown at all?
3: I would say it really hasn't tempered anything, unfortunately. Um, I really wish it would have. Mm -hmm. You know, right now we've got SDSU had a drag show and there was a big blow up about that. And then all of a sudden it's the oh, well, now we need legislation that has to do with drag shows. And we're seeing that all over the country. So we're Mm -hmm. right there. Session just started here. So hopefully, I know there's things coming. Nothing has Came out yet? As far as bills, Mm -hmm. we know it's coming because it's it's every year. Unfortunately, South Dakota does session every year, unlike some states where do where they do it every other year. So we don't ever get a break. There's Mm -hmm. every year that there's something new that comes out that's anti, you know, bathroom bills or healthcare Mm -hmm. or now the drag queen thing. I wish it would have helped to temper that a little bit here and people to see, you know, we're just people in your community, but those are not the people that have watched the show. You know, we need them to watch this, them to meet us, them to talk to us, but that's not happening because it's just this, I'm going to look this way. And you're, if you're not that white cisgendered person in South Dakota, mm, there's something wrong with you, you know, your entertainment, as far as drag, there's something wrong with that. I mean, but I can look at stuff in the heterosexual, I guess you could say that is like Okay, so this is wrong, but this is okay. That doesn't really make sense. But you're—they don't look at it that way. Mm -hmm. It's just that targeted group that you know, the LGBTQIA plus that they are. That's what I want to poke at. That's what I want to target. I would love to say that the being on the show. Oh yes, the community is welcoming, and we want to do all this other stuff, and that's not the case. Mm -hmm. You know, and I've been fortunate to meet people from all three seasons, and get To know, I don't want to. Have you watched all the way through season three yet?
1: <laughs> I'm not caught up. No, I've okay. watched
3: everything except the finale. Okay, so um, I'll just give you without spoiling it. So there's <laughs> like Dempsey and her mom that are in the Florida episode, oh, and you know, wonderful. Oh, Dempsey is the sweetest I loved to like when we met at a filming I was like giving her all sorts of candy and I'm like I'm your auntie let's give you stuff and I was like I <laughs> yeah. should probably send her something it's been a while
2: yeah
3: <laughs> but you know I look at their fight and it's it's yeah. great how the show is showing that more now mm-hmm. because it's, it's the same thing as happening here and pretty much everywhere they've been
2: mm-hmm. so I
3: really mm-hmm. am glad that they're showing it as much as they are season three is all three seasons are beautiful but mm-hmm. when i don't want to ruin it but the end of season Stop three, like, I I don't mean, don't don't No, writers. no, no! i know honestly go, <laughs> go for like it People, we're
0: good. it's also a reality show so i mean yeah. i feel like it's a little different than scripted television where like i think season the reason i think season three is one of the most important things on tv right now is the way it's documenting this mm-hmm. that like what we're talking about is political violence right right
3: right It is. And with the end of season three being a two-part episode in Florida, it's really drives it home. And I've cried during all the episodes, but I think I've cried more for their episodes than anything because it hits Mm -hmm. so close to home. Mm -hmm. It's so just, it's how it is for all of us. It was just documented so beautifully for them.
4: Mm -hmm. It was. And like, I don't like to see we're here as a reality tv show just because like the word reality tv show doesn't have a good representation people usually think of it as trashy shows like like 90 day fiance day or something like, I don't like those shows i i know i'm guilty of that no judging
0: but, here either
3: yeah it's like it's a docu series. Yeah. like kind of, yes. They, they yeah. frame it, and it's mm-hmm. less reality, even though it's unscripted. But it's really documentary.
2: Yeah. Right mm-hmm. So
4: I that I definitely feel like it's more docu series than than reality TV shows, just because that that fine line where people hear reality show and think everything's fake.
2: Yes. And stuff um, like that,
4: yeah. even though it's supposed to be reality. Yes. <laughs> Is there an
0: episode that either of you? That's not your episode in any of the seasons that either of you especially connected with? Oh, that's so hard. Because first of all, to all my drag siblings,
3: I love you if I don't say your episode. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Way <to> go, Tara. <laughs> well,
0: I'm just um, curious because I know I have episodes that I've particularly connected with and that are really yep. deeply, personally meaningful as a queer yep. person. So for me, so
3: we were actually, there was a bunch of us, they flew out for the New Jersey episode. If you look real carefully mm. in the background, you'll see some of us. It's really hard to spot, but we're there because they were filming some stuff they were going to use for the finale and then ended up not using. So that one's super special to to me, especially because I've become very close with Ashley from that episode. I actually was just out there last weekend
2: Mm. hanging out with
3: her. Other than that, I would say like the Selma, Alabama episode is very, very important.
2: Oh, yes. Because
3: it touches on so much more with the civil rights movement. You know, Aquila, I love you, honey. That's your episode. <laughs> you know, it would just be that and the the last two of this season. So I gave you four episodes. Sorry, it's not just one.
0: <laughs> it's almost like you listen to this show and know that we're really bad at sticking with <laughs> a set number of. Like- <laughs> yeah, just you know, I'm a rule breaker. That's just yeah. <laughs> what about you, that?
4: Alex? My favorite was the two Texas episodes.
2: Oh, one, yeah. one with
4: bruno love you mm. bruno my bestie we love, love bruno you because mm-hmm. he wrote me a letter of recommendation for college everyone, yes love everyone we <laughs>
3: love bruno <We> got <laughs> really close uh, with
4: bruno too uh-huh and probably like i'm in pretty regular contact with lou from yeah. the other episode uh the grand friend- one yeah
3: yeah they yep. friended
4: me on facebook mm-hmm. and i kind of play the big brother role just because I'm a couple months yep. older type of stuff. <laughs> I yep. pick I pick on him a lot, but it's those two episodes knowing how dangerous the that Texas, Texas. is. Texas.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
4: especially with Bruno being the mayor. Yeah. Yes. And seeing that he's capable of doing that much as a queer person. is like I love you but Bruno's like my my number one (laughs) I love Bruno (laughs)
2: yeah
4: you're my number one that's funny but it's definitely seeing like seeing Lou because I mom saw my reaction to their song which was a Panic at the Disco song and I love Panic at the Disco and just seeing their amazing outfits and knowing that you know the last episode of season two was fabulous. Like, I, okay, all of them. Just all of them.
2: <laughs> Watch yeah. the whole series.
3: I don't want to leave anybody out because I got to know a lot of my drag siblings, and they're all amazing. You know, you've got different ones like with Nate, which focuses on the the indigenous community. Yes, in episode. Mm-hmm. You've got Selma, where it's the you know the mm-hmm. black community there. You've got. Colorado. I mean, every episode has something so important to it. So really to say like favorite episodes without hurting anybody's feelings <laughs> is so hard. They're it's all, a mean they question. all have so much more behind them mm-hmm. and so much to tell, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It's been nice
4: for me to get to know all my drag uncles and aunties <laughs> like and like stuff <laughs> like that. And there's quite a few people from the show that I'm in pretty regular contact. Obviously, Bruno is one, Lou and Taylor from mm-hmm. the Colorado episode. I'm friends with him. And it's, it's just awesome seeing all these people after what happened to the show and seeing that they, that they didn't get an ego is what I like seeing on a lot of them. Is mm-hmm. just that it was an awesome experience and that didn't change who they are that Mm -hmm. that's what i
1: loved about it maybe it was like a boost in confidence a little bit of confidence and and Mm -hmm. validity Mm -hmm. yeah maybe yeah i'm curious if your watertown love group grew from this if more queer people came out and joined that's what i'm curious about oh yeah yeah it has grown
3: you know, we have a public page and we have a private page. We try to keep the private page more local with people with local connections, mm-hmm. just because it's a safe space, but definitely it's grown. We get lots of requests. We sell you when we're here. We want to mm-hmm. lend support. How can we, you know, um, how can we send you funds, that kind of stuff. So definitely it has grown quite a bit.
1: Good. And now were you I, able to have a pride, like another pride this past pride. year?
3: We did. And it was beautiful and bigger than ever. And it's oh, nice. growing. We good. had a stage hot drag this year. And oh, I think being on the show kind of lets people know that we are here.
2: <laughs> we're here.
3: <laughs> and we have this love in our community. And so, good. you know, I think it brings more and more people out to our pride events. So yep, we're, we're still going strong. We just were starting to talk about
1: 2023. Nice. Good. And you have it in June, right? June. Yep.
2: We're
3: trying to be the last weekend in June. We kind of coordinate with other prides across the state Mm -hmm. so that we don't want to, you know, we don't want to make people choose if they want to go to Sioux Falls Mm -hmm. or Watertown or Aberdeen or wherever. That way we try to be on different weekends. So we're generally the last Saturday of June and that's what we're shooting for this year.
1: See, I, uh, I usually do prides and sell books because I work, I, I write for Bullstrokes Strokes Books. And so mm-hmm. maybe that's something I'll look into is get, getting up there, doing a booth. That I might like be it. something because you're not that far away. Yeah. 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 Not that far. We have a gorgeous
0: park. We do it in too. So. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So for people that didn't watch the episode, can you just let our listeners know what Watertown Love is? And also as a sub question, is it a charity or nonprofit that can be donated to?
3: Okay. So Watertown Love is a 501c3 nonprofit. We started in 2019 after one of Alex's friends took their life. And I thought this could be me doing, you know, planning a funeral and burying my child. So what can I do to make some sort of safe community?
4: Sorry, every time you talk about it, I care. It's,
3: okay. it's okay.
0: It's a yeah, lot. Absolutely so, understandable. That, it's you know, a terrible thing to live
1: through, Alex.
3: Yeah. And so from this tragedy was born this beautiful group. So it's LGBTQ youth, adults and allies. And when we first started, everyone's like, are you, what are you going to be? What are you? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, we just started having what we call a get together. So every month we get together, if it's for coffee, if it's where we've got a local place that we do, like that you paint the pottery and then you come back and get it after it's been fired. We've been bowling. It's just a safe space once a month. And then we do the pride um, in the park in June. So we were formed out of that. It started as a Facebook group. We had our first get together in April of 2019. And we had a whole bunch of people that showed up. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know if there was going to be two people, if there was going to be 50 people, I think we had like 30. Hmm. And it was this beautiful place of Talking, laughing, crying, everyone felt safe, and I was like, "Okay, we've got something here, we've got to keep this going, so yeah, mm-hmm. then we became the nonprofit, so we just keep going, we keep forging forward and you know looking for more ways to spread education in the community, we have great board members that work really hard to educate people and and to show love to everyone, so yeah we 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 are going on it'll be four years already. I can't hardly believe it. It's been a wild four years. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's this beautiful, beautiful thing that came out of such a tragic loss,
2: mm-hmm. but
3: I didn't want to be that parent that was burying my child because they didn't feel like they belonged.
0: No, that's the, I mean, that's, I I'm also a parent and that's the, that's the worst nightmare, but mm-hmm. I love that something so beautiful was able to grow out of something right. so terrible. Yeah. So one last question, because we are all about the queer media recommendations, we love (laughs) us a good LGBTQ themed book, TV show, movie, whatever. What would each of you queerly recommend to our listeners? Ooh, can I go
3: grab them quick?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) go for it. you You talk. That leaves you (laughs) (laughs) Alex. Alex, you're no. first. <laughs> um, you need an adult. You need an adult. <laughs> We're adults. I, wait, it's okay. I am adult. I need adult to your adult. Somebody help. You are an adult. I
0: need an yes. adult, you an adult. <laughs> I need to, talk to your adult. Come on, Alex. You, you, I heard you, I have. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but you? Do you have a recommendation? Do you want to go first? Uh, yes, I yes I do. And uh, uh, she's back. Uh, I didn't even get to say my thing. Well, hold
1: on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is amazing.
4: I don't I don't know.
1: I'm a rule breaker. I've two. <laughs> uh,
4: yes. <laughs> we have a rule breaker around here. Woohoo. Okay. You want to go first, Alex? You go first. You already have your books. Okay. Mine are downstairs. So the first one is
3: called Project Contrast. Okay. And it's What's a beautiful that? book that tells queer stories
2: Ooh.
3: all across the country. Oh, that is cool. With Maxwell Poth, is this amazing photographer. So this is series three. Series four is now available for pre-order on Amazon. And Alex is
4: in (gasps) series four. And I'm officially on
2: Amazon.
4: Come on. Uh,
2: My
0: picture
4: is in the Amazon advertising. Yep. If you scroll through, you know where to show the the
3: pictures, you'll see
0: (laughs) it. So So, cool.
3: um, Yes and Maxwell is an amazing human. He's a queer photographer that has done all sorts of amazing things. So this is definitely my first one.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay.
3: Then my second one is called Unfollow by Megan Phelps Roper. Now, does this name sound familiar at all to you guys?
0: <gasps> oh, I just figured it out. Sorry. <laughs> Gasp was ah, yeah, that's the she's the granddaughter of Fred Phelps from the Westboro mm-hmm. Baptist Church who broke away. Yes. She lives in South Dakota. I've <gasps>
2: met
3: her. She wrote this beautiful book about how they were indoctrinated basically from birth to hate people. Mm-hmm. And she wrote this book on her basically meeting the love of her life through twitter who was also from south dakota and her breaking away from the church Mm -hmm. and this is definitely proof that people can change even if they're Mm -hmm. brought up a certain way Mm -hmm. so yes lovely human so those are my two pieces
0: (laughs) all right alex what do you queerly recommend
4: i actually do have two books as well wonderful
3: like their
4: mom. <laughs> um, funny enough, the how I found my love of queer media, like in books, wasn't through myself. Was ac is actually the school librarian.
2: Wow, at my school, she mm-hmm.
4: um, it's just like because I talk with her and she always she does get queer books and she always has me read them first because she's like, I want you to read this and tell me what you think, type of stuff. And that's how there's this book series um, or it's not a series. It's only a single book right now. It's called bloom. And um, both of my recommendations are graphic novels. Okay. But it's about this awesome story of this guy who his family owns a bakery. And one summer, this, this hot hunky guy comes in (laughs) to help. And like, they form this like emotional connection with each other. And it's just. It is kind of a cliche a little bit, but I feel like it's it's awesome just because like I really enjoyed it. And then of course the book I, I haven't watched the Netflix series yet, but the book series Heartstopper <gasps> has definitely mm, have yes,
2: have Alex. my
4: have my heart just because mm. it's like I have all the books and mm. I like that because it's very open about like Cause like you have the main character who's like openly gay at this all boys mm-hmm. school. And this one guy who's like, he's like, am I bisexual? Am I not type of stuff? And then he finds out the girl he used to date is a lesbian. and She's dating a trans woman. <laughs> and like, it's, and it deals with, it's a pretty, he- it gets really mm-hmm. heavy once you go further into the book series Mm -hmm. Because like it deals with like eating disorders and stuff like that, but it's definitely a really good queer read. I I haven't watched the Netflix series just because like it's one of those like do they adapt it to the books very well? Well, It was actually
1: one of my uh recommendations, the series.
2: It's the actual series, yeah, it
1: is, it really is. So I I I can rec I mean I didn't read the books, but I did see the series. And it was beautiful, so I feel yeah. like it would do it would do it justice.
2: Yeah,
4: because mm-hmm. I did actually find out that they do copy the book pretty much word for Good. word, like the yeah. whole series. And I'm waiting for book number five to come out. <laughs> That's exciting.
0: Have you seen Yuri on Ice? Because you might like that uh, if you like anime. Don't remind me. That brings up middle school flashbacks. Oh. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry for tapping on. <laughs> Any potential middle school trauma. I know that even just being in middle school full stop can be a thing. I have a kid in that kind of a. It's a junior high, but yeah, it's a wild times in junior highs and middle schools.
4: Yeah, Yuri on ice was like my first probably real exposure to a lot of queer media, and the waiting for se- we've been waiting six years for season two, so we'll see what happens and the movie. <laughs> I know. But, no, that's also a really good recommendation. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good.
0: That is all for this episode. Thank you so so much Amy and Alex for joining us for this <laughs> conversation.
4: You. Absolutely. Yeah, it was so much fun. I and even though you never prepared me that much for this kind of stuff. Did well.
1: You did great. You did it's great. Wild week. <laughs>
4: it's it's awesome to meet more lovely humans. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Is there anywhere people can follow you online if they're inclined? Yes, yeah, so I
3: have a public Instagram that's Amy underscore glitter underscore Queen. That's mm-hmm. my Instagram. Um, otherwise, Watertown Love does have a public page that you can like. There is one that you can ask to join, but again, we like to try to keep that a safe space for more people that are locally connected. If you have local connection, great, or you're within you know South Dakota-ish Minnesota, North Dakota. Twitter is just mm-hmm. uh my name I like to go talk about the governor on Twitter <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the yeah, best place I, guess. I hear. Yes. love Twitter uh, for politics so,
3: yeah <laughs> but the best place probably would be my Instagram
1: I just followed you I just followed Woo-hoo. you on your Instagram Woo-hoo. uh
4: for for the cool trendy kids out there I have TikTok <laughs> Oh, I TikTok, oh, me, TikTok, but I don't
3: like know how to make cool videos. Mine um, are probably the cringy ones that you're like, "Oh my god, who let mom
4: on TikTok?" <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, mine are no better because I'm a I'm a furry, so it's all furry stuff. But um, like it, I say, if, like if you want to follow my TikTok account, it's at Astro A S T R O underscore the underscore Dutchy d-u-t-t C-H-I-E on TikTok mm-hmm. if you want to follow some cool furry content. I make the cool TikToks. Yeah. <laughs> my That's my good. TikTok
3: is Rambo R-A-M-B-O-W underscore loves. Is my TikTok? Okay. I do post some here, some We're Here stuff on there. So oh, good, yeah, know, wonderful! Yeah. I
4: have almost 2,000 followers. I don't, I don't post that much. I have like, <laughs> I don't know,
3: two hundred or something. like that. I, I feel I love the same way. I not
1: be able to go live, but no, you, know. you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> Someday, yeah. I just use my TikTok. I make book trailers for my upcoming releases, and that's really what I use TikTok for. Because, you know, like, you know, I'm not that person who likes to. To be on camera. So I just That's said, no, I'll just first,
2: do
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to.
0: <laughs> so, for people that are listening, if you've enjoyed this show, please make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You'll get notified when we release an episode. If you have a friend that you think would like the show, please tell them all about it. And if you'd like to support us, we have links in our show notes to our coffee and our newsletter
1: sign up. And I wish I could remember all of our handles um, because <laughs> I don't have notes, but you can connect with us at queerlyrecommended.com. Email something. Terry, you're going to have to step in. I can't remember. Oh my God. You're hilarious. Okay. I'm if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, we have links in the show notes for
0: that too, where you can search for queerly recommended on Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, TikTok. We're very bad at TikTok or very Twitter, <laughs> or you can We're email us at, at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. There we go. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. You got it all. Yeah. All right. (laughs)